0: The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and
2: more. Then we can do something epic.
1: Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate.
0: The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in.
1: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast podcast. Uh, you know, every year, twice a year, maybe, maybe too much. Every three years, man, you know that was way too long to wait. Uh, the prequel cool eras. How about every other year, just right, the the uh, the Goldilocks of Star Wars movie timelines. Uh, that's the news this week. We're gonna be talking all about it. Also, Ryan Johnson's trilogy is it? What is it? Is it out? Was That's been in the news a little bit recently, and we're doing a retrospective on, huh, a 20-year retrospective on The Phantom Menace, looking back at some of our favorite moments. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. So glad you've joined the Star Wars Report podcast this week. Welcome, welcome. It is the Star Wars Report, uh, that podcast about Star Wars. uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Star Wars, that is. You've heard of Star Wars, right? Mr. Joey Tavano.
0: Hey man, yeah, I've uh, I've heard of this thing called Star Wars. It's uh, it's been around for a while, and mm. uh, I think it's gonna be here to stay for a little bit longer. At, so
1: at least, at least through twenty twenty six.
0: Yeah, have you uh, have you done the math yet? Have you was, been like, uh, yeah? So in twenty twenty six, I
1: saw people on Twitter doing it, but I haven't. So I wait, hang on. So it, it is. Okay. Uh, wait just one
0: second. Went, <clears throat> it'll be a cool twenty gotta, one years I gotta, old. I got a by twenty twenty six. Carry the
1: two and. Uh, said here and I'll, just, I'll be hey, public, public math here. Yeah, hang on yeah I gotta tap in the okay. t- tap hang on it's uh
2: he's an abacus
1: that kind of sounds like <laughs> I'm just like grabbing, <laughs> what, I'm grabbing whatever I can on my desk for Foley
0: uh oh, yeah hire, uh, Lucas hire this guy for Foley come on
1: <laughs> so eight in eight years I'll be uh, tw- uh 34 35 something like that
0: look at you golden uh, age I know Beautiful. right yeah, yeah be, I was uh, I was 35 when the when the when the Force Awakens came out, so
1: okay, all right, yeah. and you still We'd like back, Star remember that move back the old days? Oh, such hot high tea that the good the the ancient days of Star Wars yeah. fandom when <laughs> everything anticipated was just it was just all of in our dreams. It was yeah. all what we hoped it would be. We could just wish into
0: reality. Do you think podcasts will still be around?
1: Oh, heck no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it will be, be holograms we're gonna, right? we're gonna
1: we're gonna we're gonna burn down the podcast community long before that um, uh, probably no, 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 um hey no it, it's it's right here uh walt disney has uh, uh the company the mouse house has officially released the dates for the next three star wars movies now if you're listening to the podcast you already know that we're here uh to tell you what it means an avatar uh yeah. <laughs> actually that's mainly what it means it, it, yeah. mean, it means they bought fox so mm-hmm. um no it's i was just uh joey we are talking before the show a little bit. oh i before i get on in the show i do have to a quick shout out uh to uh mark had a family issue come up so he won't be able to join us uh and uh work trip for uh mr bruce gibson so big shout out to joey thank joey thanks so much for uh, filling in this week and we do appreciate having you
0: Oh, my pleasure. It's always a great time to hang with you, Riley, and uh, to talk to everyone in the Star Wars Report community. I, I love the site. I love the podcast and, uh, you know, been a fan for years and uh, continue to be.
1: Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah eight years now. I just did that math as one of my friends. They're like, how long have you been doing that? And I was like, what the heck? Uh,
0: <laughs> a long, a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys really you gave me the leg up to when I when Retro's app was starting and, and, you know, things were just getting off the ground and, and, you know, a, a, a true friend in uh, this crazy world.
1: Yes, 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 back in the day. Um, <laughs>
0: no,
1: right. Uh, so, Rise of Skywalker, of course, that's kind of what's on everybody's mind. Everyone's still fighting about The Last Jedi. But now, now the next few movies, they have announced there's an official press release. I'm actually... Uh, the, the, the official StarWars.com said it's December 16th. 2022 is the next
0: movie. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. Uh, Two years. I can can do two years. I can do two years to end it up.
1: Well, although, but that's three years after The uh, Rise of Skywalker.
0: True. It's like, yeah, I guess so. You do the math.
1: I just did the math in my head. Yeah. It's a hundred percent trustworthy. Twenty,
0: twenty-one, twenty-two. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's three. It's three full years. So I'm, I'm thinking like, that's... oh, you 20 is right around the corner, and then it's twenty-twenty-two. But there's uh, this stuff in between. So there, that's get... prequel cool
1: timeline. How did yeah? How did you um? Because uh, I I wasn't really watching the the first time. I was like really attuned, so to speak, to a Star Wars mm. movie release was Revenge of the Sith. Uh, sure. As a young sure. teenager, I I hadn't really seen any of the movies. I'd seen one or two of the movies. Like 2004 was the first time I saw a Star Wars movie when I was 13 years old, um, so I uh, looking at it, looking at 2022, 2024, 2026. Two years doesn't seem that bad, but the three year wait that's that goes back to the prequel era. How will the how will today's generation uh, handle three year wait for a Star Wars movie?
0: Well, I think it's gonna be a lot like 2012 to 2015. Mm. You know what I mean? Because that's that's the same thing when I guess when so, yeah. he bought Lucasfilm. That was three years. Yeah. Um little just a little bit over, a couple of months over, but that's about it. And it was it was good. Uh yeah. I think that the hype was able to build. I mean, we got yeah. a lot taken away yeah. in that time too. And they're only gonna be adding, we're gonna have TV shows. We're gonna have the Mandalorian. Yeah we're gonna have with the Cassian Andor series, most likely. Clone Wars, yep. Yeah. Uh we, you know, it's gonna be good. We have we have stuff we have Clone Wars, that's true. Yep. Clone, you know, the final season of Clone Wars. Uh, I'm sure there's stuff up their sleeve that we haven't heard about yet that we're going to get on Disney plus. Um, and there's just so much content coming out. It's going to be all right. going to be all right. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure the collecting world has plenty to look forward to as well. Dear God, uh, I, I, I don't know how much more I can take. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, I would, I would appreciate maybe a rest in the collecting world between that time, but that's all right. I'll take yeah. it as it comes, but <laughs> um, it's it's it'll. I think it'll be all right, you know. And, and well, don't forget, we have Galaxy's Edge that's, too.
1: That's true. Yeah, heading there this summer. Excited. Um, look at you. I know. Nice. I know. I'm hyped. But um, so so. But let's kind of break this down because what we're tr- we all we can really do is look at the information we have here, which is just release dates, and try to match that to previous uh, information, which with Disney's track record with Star Wars may not be the best way to, to yeah. figure this out because like who knows maybe they fire Benny Hoff and weiss because of the most recent season of game of thrones you know i don't know something like that but we we do know that leading up to this um leading up to this we had our two uh Hoff and weiss and ryan johnson and it was mentioned as two different trilogies at the time this is in 2017 mm-hmm. before the last uh, jedi was even out and this is when they said yep ryan johnson's getting his own trilogy and uh, they're doing a series of films with Benny Hoff and Weiss. They never said trilogy about that, But, no. and, and, and then a very reliable source said Ryan Johnson's trilogy was definitely not canceled, that source being Ryan Johnson.
0: Um, yeah. So, tw- yeah, I think he would know what he's doing. Uh,
1: yeah, I guess, but uh, he also would be a little biased, I would hope.
0: <laughs> you know, you know what else? They, they, Disney also didn't say anything was canceled. I don't know where this rumor that that Ryan Johnson's uh, move oh, we
1: lost you for a second.
0: Nothing but confirmation from Ryan Johnson, yeah,
1: sorry, we lost you for just a second there. Um, what about yeah. the Ryan Johnson? He lost?
0: Uh, I've heard nothing but um confirmation from Disney and nothing but confirmation from Ryan Johnson about these films. So I don't really see an issue. I'm just not sure I where think- this where this whole theory came up from
1: let's uh, i think people are putting some puzzle pieces together that may or may not match but mm. when they look at these release dates in these three films um since they didn't announce ryan johnson as a director they're kind of saying well maybe it's a combo of the two like benioff and Weiss and ryan johnson i don't see that happening um, but like so the rumor comes from uh john campia uh, get, uh, give me the skinny i need help it's, okay you can be opinionated is this not a reliable because all i see because again i'm not really plugged into the social media world of star wars as much these days and i, <laughs> less I don't and less every day <laughs> exactly so i don't really know like who john camp be. i know he's like he did uh, i looked at his like wikipedia and he has uh amc and collider and like a bunch of movie blog stuff but every time yeah. everyone kind of like snorts with derision at this rumor so is this is he just unreliable what's the what's the deal here
0: he is um, a person who likes to be salacious online, I will say, mm. and he is not above spreading rumors when he does not have a uh, confirmed fact. Uh, yeah. he, you know, he, he he's a person who, you know, d- does have insider access. He does uh, get to be privy to some information and some of it turns out to be true and not all of it is. So yeah. You know, I take what he says and I take his predictions and I take his um, announcements myself with a grain of grain of salt.
1: Yeah. All Uh, right. So everybody get your salt shakers out. Uh, Here's the quote from John Campia on his YouTube channel.
2: Last night, um, I got contacted by somebody in a position of knowledge of the situation.
0: Okay, pause this. (laughs) If you can't say who it is. And i i immediately just don't trust you
1: yeah hmm.
0: yeah I, yeah i got contacted by this person okay okay let's go <laughs>
1: a color all right joey everybody to put uh, t- write it down joey very skeptical at this moment <laughs> i am we
2: know that the star wars dates 2022 2024 and 2026 are in fact actually all benioff and weiss movies that they do not have anything on the schedule for Ryan Johnson's Star Wars films. And according to this particular source, Ryan Johnson's thing was basically done. He may actually be consulting with Benioff and Weiss about their trilogy, but <clears throat> that his thing was off. I then followed up and reached out to somebody else who I know is close to the situation, and I wanted to check this. They said this. They don't know what's happening with Ryan Johnson's stuff, but that the 2022, 2024, and 2026 dates are indeed all just the Benioff and Weiss films. I then reached out to somebody at Disney that I know is he's reaching out.
1: joey's he's reaching out to all kinds of people.
0: I he's, mean, it's he's fantastic. Just, he's all, doing uh, he's, due diligence. Can't person. tell him who he's
1: reaching out to. Let's see what the person at Disney he reached out to said <laughs> At the Mouse House, Bob well, Iger himself. back from them. On that. Oh well, nope. That was anticlimactic. <laughs> he's not heard back from them. So,
2: surprise, surprise, surprise. I, have,
1: I have <laughs> un. This is like, I just want to make a, a modern journalism joke, but I don't want to get political. <laughs> That's yeah. this, It's like too real, too real. A source says, "Well, I I, I don't know." So he he's he, whoever his sources are saying that one person saying, "Hey, no, he's done." And then the other person's like, well, I don't know if he's done, but he's the, those three dates are Benioff and Weiss. I don't know yeah. what. What is your instinct? What does your gut tell you?
0: Um, my my gut tells me that these next three films are likely Benioff and Weiss, but it's hard to tell. I, I think that three dates means a trilogy. The idea is that Benioff and Weiss are doing a trilogy. They know their are their slate is open. They're moving right into Star Wars, right from Game of Thrones. That much is known. So this would all line up with that. but that does not preclude anything about a Ryan Johnson project. Now, does that mean that uh, Ryan Johnson's project will shift? Will it be something that is coming to Disney plus? I don't know i I, I think that it's entirely possible. I don't think that ryan johnson is just so out um because no one here's the thing no one at lucasfilm thinks the last jedi was a bad movie and neither do i and that when you're coming from the standpoint that the last jedi is a billion dollar movie and it has the full support of disney and lucasfilm then i don't think that it's crazy to think that they're gonna make another more movies with ryan johnson who is a good filmmaker so I, I I don't know that um you 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 can count him out completely and these these projects are scrapped
1: yeah, I think the um, there are two arguments and I, part of me hates to open this can of worms, but I kind of have to uh, okay I, there are two primary arguments that are kind of separate that I hear about Ryan Johnson, and I subscribe much more to one of them than I do the other, but the okay. first one is last Jedi sucked. Luke Skywalker sucked. He doesn't understand how to tell a story. He threw these characters in the dumpster in favor of the new um, uh, characters and doesn't give a crap about what Star Wars really is. That's me summarizing one argument. Yeah. I, I kind of disagree with that one if I'm if on a personal level I have my problems with the last Jedi but I'm not gonna to litigate them here yeah. the, as if he was
0: sneaking around behind Lucasfilm's back to get this done
1: I know right uh but he um the second argument is that he as a figure as a public figure um treats star Wars the Star Wars fan community uh Poorly and and can be kind of childish online in, in the way that he well frankly tweets and in, in some interviews and and stuff and I'm try I was gonna try to pull up some specific examples but I, I think they anyone who follows Ryan Johnson on Twitter kind of know what this argument is and that that that's the argument that like he is um, petty and kind of reactive to fan sentiments in a way that isn't the best. For a person who's creating Star Wars, and I think I that's say, actually a pretty. I think that's a pretty strong argument, if you ask me.
0: I'm not sure. Uh, I'm on Twitter less and less each day, but I uh, can I tell you a good story about Ryan Johnson. Yeah, go for it. This is a fun one. Um, so my buddy Bill, he does the uh, the show Dork and and uh, he was he, he lives in the Boston area like I do, and he was out to dinner with his wife in in town, and this was uh, last last fall. And you may know that Ryan Johnson was filming a movie called knives out in Boston uh, during the same time. And he looks over at this restaurant and who sits down right, right next to him at the, at the opposite table, Ryan Johnson and his wife. And my buddy is looking, you know, he, he's trying to maintain his cool and he's, you know, the, the, we're all, we're all grown men here and and grown women and, and everyone had dinner and everything. So after dinner, uh, he finds himself at the bar getting a drink with his wife, and who sits down right next to him. Ryan Johnson is his wife, totally unassuming. But my friend decided to make a move. Bill Bill looked over and was like, "Hey, you're Ryan Johnson, right?" And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Man, he's he's like I'm a huge fan. You know, I love the Last Jedi. You know." And they just hit it off, and they talked, and they had a great conversation, and. It, Ryan Johnson was not above having that. They took, uh, he took a picture with him and it's just an unbelievable story of this, just like random encounter turning into just a very normal, very casual conversation. And it totally changes my perspective on the guy um, where some people may be a little bit uptight or some people may be a little bit um, reserved when they meet people in in public, uh, especially fans. Yeah. He was just so, Um, generous and just as if you were talking to someone you may you know that isn't famous I I, I think is the plainest way to say it
1: yeah that's that's awesome yeah and I think that's also that also speaks to the sort of like internet versus real life dynamic that takes place a little bit completely
0: completely um yeah no that That. that makes yeah, i don't sense. know like, we go from here but that's my story
1: no no <laughs> that's true well because like and that's a little <laughs> bit different because like uh, there i mean there's examples of uh, ryan will do things like uh, there'll be a troll whining about the last jedi and he'll just send like a middle finger gif at him and it's just like oh come on this, yeah. this is not helpful for anybody but i think you meant that your story <laughs> kind of stands well in contrast to that is that it would just be nice if that was the norm I guess. Yeah. Um. But yeah. The, uh, so I. I think it's absolutely possible that that he's involved in one way or another, and and maybe he's he is consulting with Benny Hoffman Weiss on their own series. I'm. I'm just intrigued. I'm looking forward to the breathing room, to be honest, uh, of having just a little bit of time, um, a little bit
0: more time b- between movies. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think Lucasfilm knows what they're doing. I think that. Uh, <laughs> I think they have the right people in place, and I think Ryan Johnson is a good director, and I think that uh, whatever is going to come is going to be exciting. And I, I, I really do have a lot of excitement for um, the future of Star Wars, whatever it's going to be. We're in open, we're going to be in really open new territory now, and that's that's really something much different than anything we've ever you know ever yeah. been in, and it's pretty cool. Um, you know, I like to, I like to be optimistic about that sort of thing, and I think that you know i i i i think that if if ryan johnson was going to be out it probably would have been announced already i don't know or uh, this reveal kind of would have said something yeah i don't but i don't i don't expect him to wait 7 years for for his movies so something is going to happen i think on a different on a different platform yeah. than than feature film
1: yeah and i could see that it's something where um they just lock in those days, and and Kathleen Kennedy, even in, in one of the interviews at Celebration, was talking about how um, Disney Plus is the more experimental ground. I think she said something along the lines of like, yeah, with Mandalorian, we have chance to make uh, more darker or different types of stories that than yep. they would be able to on Disney Plus. So maybe that would be fertile ground for someone like Ryan Johnson. That'd be kind of cool.
0: Yeah, it, totally. And and you know, he's a person who does like experimentation he is very comfortable in television uh he's a number of episodes some of the most classic episodes of many series like breaking bad for example um so i, I think yeah. it would probably be a really cool place to see him uh do his thing and I, I, I don't know i i could easily see a film series morphing into a television series uh let's not forget that the mandalorian may have started as a boba fett film rumor at one point, I mean
1: that's true. It's it, uh, even even if nothing else, maybe just concept designs and stuff like that that they could recycle from something like that. I could I could totally see that happening. Uh, hey, For ladies and sure. gentlemen, let's get into Boba's bounty. It's
0: worth a lot to me. As you wish.
1: That's right. Of course, stick around. Right after this, we're going to do our um, retrospective on the Phantom Menace. But first, let's do Boba's Bounty. It's that segment each week where we talk about something we've listened to, read, done, uh, experienced in the world of Star Wars. Something that's just kind of keeping our Star Wars fandom going. And uh, you know, what? I'll I'll jump in first here, um, uh, and then ask you what yours is, uh, Joey. But um, for cool, me I'll this week, yeah, for me this week, I have been getting back into star wars audiobooks. Ooh. um both last weekend and this past weekend uh i'm now more than halfway through and it's rare for me to consume star wars fiction although not so rare anymore because i've also been getting into the comics a lot this last year um nice but uh i have this whole stack i got (laughs) i started going crazy because i can take them in with to me with to work so on breaks and Uh stuff i have like i'm almost caught up on the main star wars line i've read all the vader ones that's so awesome uh, but that's, that's not awesome. that's not the Bubba's Bounty this week. This week, I've been listening to and I want to get the title wrong. So I'm going to pull up my my audible app.
0: There it is. Um, uh, I'm, I can predict it. I know what's going to happen. Uh, what's that? Y- y- you have been reading one of two things. You've either been reading Master and Apprentice, but I don't think you needed to pull that up to get the title. So you've been reading Star Wars Dooku. Jedi no,
1: Lost. So that's no, I and I have to actually say no. The uh, Bruce was <gasps> going <gasps> to give that a shot, and I'm very excited. I have that in my queue, but it's oh, one yeah. that I got a few months ago, and then listened to like an hour of it, enjoyed, but ha- never got further. Um, so now I'm more than halfway through uh, Lou Anders' Star Wars Pirates Price.
0: Oh, look at you, which, a little Hondo and rocket action. Yes. So have you read it or listened I- to it? it's it it's that's on deck um I, so, I i know a bunch of people over at retro zap have read it it's been highly regarded it's it's so it's be fantastic
1: i've been surprised at how much i've enjoyed it because well primarily i'm to be honest the main reason is because it's jim cummings who does the voice yes and so it's jim cummings as hondo anaka and it's a Great first guy. person narrated book so it's hondo anaka also narrating the book yeah um, yeah i love hondo and I so do I. He's my probably my favorite character from the Clone Wars, to be honest. Uh, it, and it's so cool that yeah. he's kind of stepping into the spotlight with Galaxy's Edge now. I and know. I'm sure that's a big part of this book, but it's basically a retrospect, a retrospective of just an adventure with Han and Chewie as they uh, get swirled up into this um, galactic scale um, smuggling operation, and. Uh, It's just full of a lot of great Hondo moments. He's written very much like he is in The Clone Wars, very sarcastic, witty, very... He's almost... He kind of has a nearly Captain Jack kind of personality to him.
0: Yeah, very much so. Very cavalier, very... um... Hard to tell when he's serious and when he's not. Is that, is that sort it, of? And
1: it even talks about sort of the idea of a pirate's code of like he can choose when he does and doesn't want to be noble. And so he has I'm, his he has his moments where he decides to do the right thing, and then he has these sort of hilarious moments where he just betrays everyone just because he's. In and it that's for him. Hondo right there. Yeah, exactly. So I've thoroughly been enjoying it. I, I've I'm about uh, a little over halfway through because I'm all, I only can listen to it in little chunks here and there. But more than halfway through, highly highly recommend it. And that's kind of what i've been up to in the world of star wars any anything any recent books or uh anything you've been up to recently in the world of
0: star wars oh there's so much i mean from collecting to the audiobooks i've been ripping through audiobooks lately um one thing i i want to i can bring up which has been good i went back and i finished star wars resistance season one which has been in my queue and kind of in the back burner for a couple of months now. Um, I went through the first half of the season and then just, you know, things got busy and I put it kind of on the back burner. I wasn't super, super jazzed up on the first half of the season. It was good. The animation was good. um, The performances were good, but it just wasn't like captivating me in the same way that a lot of Star Wars does. And that's fine. If it was, if it was going to be for someone uh, younger than myself. That's great. However, they pivoted that show pivoted. And it's what I've been hearing. Yeah. And it got great. It got really, really great. And by the end of season one, they're firing on all cylinders and I'm super, super excited for what they're going to do in season two. Um, and you know, let's not forget the clone wars had its bumps in season one rebels had its bumps in season one, especially the first half of of the season. So I think that the show found its footing and I love that. And I love that. It's really knows where it's going and telling very, very compelling stories for people of all ages. And that's, that's really something really cool. And man, the animation is absolutely out of this world. Beautiful. Um, I, I'm so impressed by every episode. There, there are a couple of shots. I'm, I think, within every single episode, I just sit back and go, "Wow, that is gorgeous," and I love that. It that's has a awesome. very hand-drawn look to it, even though it's not.
1: Yeah, I, I, I haven't gotten into it yet, but um, really, the only thing that's, it's kind of attracted me enough to like go see if it's available. A couple different times, and I just don't. It's not natively on any of the platforms I watch unless I just want to buy the whole season. And I'm yeah, kind of I'm, I'm lazy now. Maybe I just should drop it, uh, bite yeah. the bullet.
0: Um, yeah, I did on Amazon Prime. Um, you know, I think it's out on, on a number of others too. And I, I just ripped through them, and that was the best way for me to do it. Yeah maybe i'll just do that
1: because that does sound i mean that's exactly what i've heard is that all the stuff i saw at first was like eh, i don't think this is for me and so i never watched it but then looking at uh, hearing people talk about the second half of the season and that season two trailer when it came out was really what kind of sold me on it but i still haven't sit, sat down to to watch it maybe do you think what's the chance Do you think they put it on disney plus when it comes out yeah so, that'd be cool i, I do i do
0: yeah. um i i think that it kind of didn't really have a home um this year, I, I know it was on Disney channel, but I think that, um, it, you know, rebels was very much Disney XD and he yep. knew that. And it was like the Disney XD show and, uh, clone wars was very much the cartoon network show, but you know, resistance came on and was like, yeah, we're on, we're on Disney channel. I guess sometimes we're in Disney, Disney XD. I don't, I don't know. And, uh, it just seemed a little tough to watch. And it was on like Sundays at 10 at PM, which was like also a little tough to watch. So, I think that it's going to move to Disney Plus, and that'll be where where it resides, and that'll be cool.
1: Yeah, no, I I think I, you you are not the first. You're uh, Aaron, uh, Bruce, William. They've all been telling me like, hey, no, it's actually, and they, they'll tell me if it's not for me. Because like I remember talking a lot about Rebels and how uh, a lot I felt that there's so much potential there, and like those those core season finale episodes were always so amazing, but there was so much fluff too. Um, yeah. so like they know my tastes and I was like, well, you know, this just doesn't seem like it's for me, no harm, no foul. But now I'm, now I'm kind of intrigued and, and you're adding to, you're adding that pile on You're the real thing is I I don't, uh, do I buy it? <laughs> do I shell out my hard earned money or do I wait for it to be on like Disney X, uh, Disney plus, or maybe on, I probably not Netflix, but, uh, I was just, mm, it's one of those little wincy things where you're like,
0: oh. You know, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna spend that twenty-something dollars on something that you you don't need. I
1: guess I could skip. Might as well buy it on Star Uh, Wars. Skip a few beers somewhere. Even the Bruise (laughs) and Blasters guy might be in favor of that. Um,
0: Uh, You know, I'll 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 allow it this time. I'll allow it this time. Let's buy you beer. There we go. There we go. Uh,
1: Hey, guess what? Hey, uh, guess what just happened? Twenty years ago.
0: Oh yeah. Desert Planet, two Jedi Knights, meet a young boy, Hi. and forever change the fate of a galaxy. <laughs> Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace. Now playing at a theater near you. Ready PG, parental guidance suggested.
1: There it is, The Phantom Menace, uh, my sentimental favorite Star Wars film. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. And I know, like, a lot of... I've told this story before, probably years ago now, on the podcast. But for any of you guys who've started listening in the last few years, which is most of you, um, The Phantom Menace was the first Star Wars movie I ever saw. Which is probably... Yeah. Which is why it's my sentimental favorite. So, I thought, uh, uh, Joey, I just... Uh, have you aboard as we do a segment reminiscing on the Phantom Menace? I actually, I, I had absolutely no plans for the segment at all. I just want to talk about the movie. and And the first question I wanted to ask you because you were the right age when it came out, did you were you watching the TV spots and stuff, aka did you see that giant spoiler that Darth Maul has a double bladed lightsaber before you knew
0: it before the movie? I
1: guess it's probably in the yeah, marketing
0: uh, everywhere, right? It, it it was that was out. Um, I you know I I, I didn't know. That uh, Qui-Gon died. That's one thing I didn't know. Um, I I felt like I was very insulated from spoilers just because it was just so much easier to tune out the hype if you didn't go online. Okay. Um, And going online in 99 was much different than it is now. Um, So you really had to put in a concerted effort to dig out spoilers at that point. Um, Yeah. No social media, remember, as as well. None of that. So what
1: was it? I guess you weren't really online that much, but I guess if you if whatever you would have seen, maybe Force.net.
0: Yeah, the Force.net was the place to go. Um, I also um was in my freshman year of college with uh, Lucasfilm's own Dan Brooks, who showed me Darth Maul for the first time. He wasn't working at Lucasfilm at the time, he was just a uh, freshman as well in college. But uh he he came up to my dorm and said check out the new bad guy from Star Wars. And he showed me Darth Maul. And uh, (laughs) he's like, it it was probably a picture from, from the forest on that, I believe.
1: (laughs) Joey, and you're probably very used to this by now, but I just want to point out how great it is to hear a guy from Boston say, check out the new villain from Star Wars. Darth yeah, I was.
0: Um, it is fantastic. I I, I do him a disservice because he's from New York, and uh so it was <laughs> it was probably a little different than how I did it. But, that's fair.
1: That's fair. Uh, yeah, that's that's okay. Uh, sorry, sorry. It's you all Bostonites are probably like tired of that. gag yeah, but it was kind of funny. um okay but no, it Most was.
0: Historians. That's true. But you know something? It's um, it, man, the, I would the, the hype and the excitement for that film was off the charts. There'll, be n- there's, there'll never be anything like it because it, it, it was it was something really, really special to be back in a theater for the first time um, when you never thought there was going to be any more. And it was like this thing that you loved as a kid and you carried with you your entire life. And then it comes back and it's there again. And you're getting a whole new trilogy and you're going to find out yeah. more of Everything and it, it is a sentimental favorite of mine as well for a lot of the same reasons. Yeah, but I, I was, you know, I was nineteen. I was an adult. It's funny. I bought the ticket a month in advance. Just walked in the movie theater, bought my ticket for a midnight show. That's
1: like unheard of, too, at the time, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It was just the day it opened, and um
1: you weren't waiting uh, on Fandango I, for the tickets to go live.
0: Nope, walked right into the cinema, which was the the, the trick at the time, and uh, I walked right in, got my ticket. And I went alone um, because I didn't have a ton of people I knew who were like as hyped as me. And um, as it were, I go, I sit down and there were no assigned seats at the time. I just sit down and find an empty seat. And I look to the left of me and who is sitting there, my good friend from high school and bassist in my band at the time, uh, my buddy Mike and he was we just look at each other we say nothing we give each other a nod <laughs> and the lights go down <laughs> and it's like 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 how does that happen right is that that's fate you just sit next to one of your closest friends not even knowing that you both like were huge massive Star Wars fans and then we had a lot to talk about afterwards <laughs> yeah you did I
1: mean oh. so and, and sort of my experience Recent reexposure to the Phantom Menace has been going back and watching the movies with my girlfriend, and nice. she actually this was the one Star Wars movie I mean besides the Disney era that she just never saw growing up because when when Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith came out she was about the right age and went to see it with her friends and stuff but she missed the Phantom Menace and she saw the original trilogy just you know like on TV growing up sure. so we we finish watching. Um, Empire and Jedi, and we go back to watch uh, The Phantom Menace, and I finish the movie, and, and And what I immediately notice is that the sort of um, the quirkiness of the movie is what she likes. It's also, oh, yes. she likes how it's a lot faster paced, too. Mm-hmm. That's um, and more intense. Exactly. Uh, but, but yeah. like, right, just the first few scenes of just, like, uh, the Jedi, and she's like, well, wait, who's the Jedi? Or, like, Qui-Gon Jinn. Who's he? Is he related to that? That's oh, that's young Obi-Wan. Oh, and so like she's putting these pieces together the same way I'm sure we all were. If you were to watch. The Phantom Menace. After watching the original trilogy, but I went into the Phantom Menace originally already being a big Star Wars fan and nerd. Even though it was the first movie I saw, I already knew who Darth Vader was and Luke Skywalker and Darth Sidious and that he was Darth Sidious and that Darth Maul was a Sith apprentice. But there were only two of them because you could only have two Sith apprentices, and there was a Jedi Council that would like that was my level of nerddom because of all my friends were super into it and uh, i was just like hyped to see the movie because i was already diving in just as a kid talking to my friends like i would be in i remember being in and there's like this six month process where my dad like to a year where when i first was like oh can i watch the star wars movies and um my dad was like yeah but we have to do it like a night and we're going to watch it all together as a family which was a really fun way to do it and it's a fond memories but i just remember waiting months for like that movie night to come around. And in that intervening... This is 2004, mind you. So in that intervening time, all the hype is coming out for Revenge of the Sith. And so I'm reading the back of action figures. I'm just gathering up everything I can. Contrast that today, fast forward, my uh, girlfriend Savannah, she's kind of experiencing it like you probably were, Joey, where you're like piecing together all this new information and how it relates to the original trilogy. And because of that, she found herself enjoying the movie more than the original trilogy.
0: Yeah. So, you know, you can't underestimate the first like 10 to 15 minutes of that movie and the impact it has because in the, 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 what is it? 16 years between return of the Jedi and phantom menace, yeah, you, know, you had a whole generation of kids just thinking of what the Jedi could do, what they were capable of, what you could actually do with a lightsaber, and you know you had schoolyard battles and debates and and uh, there's so many ideas just kind of percolating up there. And then you get to the crawl, and you get this massive amount of information about the universe you never even considered. Um, you know, p- jokes aside, you know, trying to wrap your head around the Senate and the Trade Federation and Naboo and all these new planets and the role of the Jedi uh it it was it was a complete information overload and then you get down there and it's pure action for the for the first like 10 15 minutes and you're seeing like them speed you're seeing them use lightsabers in ways you never thought no no don't put a lightsaber through a door that's wild crazy stuff yeah you know, the, the communications devices are completely new to you, even though they're old and go back to like, you know, the Flash Gordon serials. But <laughs> yeah, um, it, it was just so, so, so intense and a, a wash with all of this new information and um, just just absolutely exciting.
1: Yeah. And, and, and that's and that was me re-experiencing it with her. It just seeing it in a whole different way. And as and I've said it before on the show, as, as we talked about this a few weeks ago when we were watching them, this is like the primary reason I want to have kids now. <laughs> it's just to show them Star Wars movies. <laughs> this, is, this is the primary this reason. This is my motivation now, because I just want to... Because it's a very different and new way of, of, of seeing it. And like um, like we get to Jar Jar, and, and he says, Excuse me! And she just starts yeah. laughing, and she's like, That's ridiculous. That's hilarious. And then she looks she immediately looks over at me, and she's like excuse me and I'm like that's not how he <laughs> says it he says excuse me and he's like no but it's funnier so now all she does is she misquotes it and goes excuse me
0: really <laughs> you know it's funny I saw a license plate the other day and it made me think of that whole scene yeah. it was literally the letter it was just letters x q q q m e I was like oh excuse oh man and just literally I'm like that's probably jaja's car right there yeah uh, that's what he would have and I love it <laughs> yeah,
1: well, and so, and I, I even remember um, in that that amazing like that 2004 was very formative in Riley's fandom because that was also I remember when the uh, Lego video game came out. Okay, the, the uh, it was a very original one, I think.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, um, yeah, that would be about right. Yeah, because it was the prequels, and so it had. I remember playing through that Phantom Menace level. On the GameCube, I think it's GameCube. Yeah, the yeah, game, that's, that's the ga- system, the GameCube, um, like free trial thing that would be at Walmart or Target when my mom oh, was shopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd be Playing like there. In the yeah, right. I'd just be sitting there and I'd just like play through that level like three times in a row, and I just loved it. Uh, and so like when I watched the movie, I've like memorized the environment. Like I recognize everything. <laughs> Because I'm so <laughs> attuned to that. but you like you talked about that scene. They're still coming through.
0: <laughs> they are still coming through.
1: Ah, oh, it's a great moment.
0: Yeah, That's it's good great. stuff.
1: Well, and then we get to I think what, um, uh, and and I think this would be a, a good way to kind of like get to the heart of the discussion. I I think uh, that what really the glue that holds the Phantom Menace together. And makes what, what as like a, an objective adult now looking at the movie, what a lot of the flaws in the acting or writing um, or structure that people have that I think are perfectly legitimate, what really holds it together and kind of keeps the movie grounded is uh, Qui-Gon Jinn and Liam Neeson's performance.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah absolutely. with um, he is the like the purest form of Jedi, if you ask me. He's just the he's the Jedi, um, the Uber Jedi, and it, it's it, his performance and his character is so good that you always, always want more, and you yeah. know you're never going to get enough.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's true. He's he's, I think he's my favorite character from the prequels, to be honest. Um, it's easy to love Qui Gon. Well, it really and, is. And if you watch the movie. It's really, and and I'm gonna a little flashback. Remember the red letter media review? I used to, the of the Phantom Menace way back in the day.
0: I don't remember the review.
1: So it's it was an early of uh, early ish YouTube era viral breakdown of the Phantom Menace. Okay. And why it sucked.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think do remember I do. Remember yeah, it, now. It,
1: it was like super, super. It made the rounds a lot, and and um, people hailed it as this like remarkable film criticism, but done through sort of parody, and like the dude is is playing a character uh, while he reviews it, and it's kind of an ironic, uh, ironic. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a very specific, not Family Guy, but maybe more. Oh, what's the other animated? Just, you know, uh, ironic rye uh, humor. And and yeah. so, but uh, I, I actually, at the time, I remember that coming out and like 18-year-old me, 19-year-old me kind of hated it and hated how everyone's like, yeah, this is real. This is really what's wrong with Phantom Menace. This is, this two, it was like two hours long. And, um, but... Yeah, still,
0: I still dislike that. I gotta be honest. Have you ever heard uh, the meme
1: or seen the phrase protagonist? Uh, that's a phrase for oh. that review. And it's from a segment of the review that talks about how the, one of the problems structurally with the Phantom Menace is that there's no protagonist.
0: I get out of here
1: now. the The guy makes a very good argument in this sense, and he's like, "Well, is it Obi Wan? Well, no. He's that you know. He only he disappears for the whole middle chunk of the movie. Is it Anakin? No. He only shows up part way through the final act and." Is certainly not Padme, and I'm like You're forgetting somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Qui Gon Jinn is the protagonist from yeah. uh from of the Phantom Menace. Without a doubt. He's throughout the story. entire film. He is the key figure influencing Anakin, influencing Obi-Wan, influencing the Jedi Council, influencing the Senate, influencing the war.
0: Higher yeah, he sets it all in motion. Yeah. Uh
1: he he's the one who's his death is what sin is gives to the ascendancy to obi-wan kenobi and so i and, and also like uh uh the dialogue and i actually did this as like a project back in high school again this is how much of a nerd i was but like for a local theater they were like a, like a kids theater program and they're like we're thinking about doing a star wars one at, as a school project uh i think i uh, uh i think about, i might just convinced my mom it was a homeschool project <laughs> i <it> was like <laughs> i'm gonna like make a three-act condensed, like, hour-long play of The Phantom Menace. And I did it. Like, uh, uh went through the whole – watched the whole movie, kind of transcribed everything, and then edited everything. And, it, and that process uh, was, like, well, it's, it was walking through the movie scene by scene, breaking everything down. So I got very familiar with it at, at that time. But also, it made me realize that, like, half of the dialogue of, like, the entire movie
0: is – Qui Gon Jinn. Wow, that's a that's an interesting stat. I got to yeah. tell you, and it makes sense. It makes one hundred percent. He really does tie the entire room together when it comes to when it when it comes to the Phantom Menace. He's the per. He's the central figure who's moving the entire story forward. His decisions yeah. and his actions are what set the entire saga in motion. Well, um,
1: and there's a lot of pieces there with Qui Gon that. Um, that that kind of need the context of all the prequels to understand, and that uh, that uh, Revenge of the Sith particularly makes Qui Gon that much greater of a character because I think what the prequels demonstrate is that Qui Gon really was the last true Jedi that truly adhered to the the ways of the Living Force, and it Perhaps gives true one. And we don't like. What does that even mean? the living force or how did the Jedi fall? There's like the politics and the war and there's all these various characters, but how Qui-Gon behaves throughout, um, throughout the Phantom Menace, giving Anakin a chance, um, freeing him from slavery, uh, picking up another useless creature, quote unquote. (laughs) Um, And, and just like his unwillingness to, to even kind of take the power and influence that being on the council would give, even if, you know, if he would just, agree with him, you would be on the council. Um, yeah. And I think he's demonstrating like what a true Jedi should be, and we have the contrast of what the rest of the Jedi Order is and the rest of the prequels to compare now.
0: Yeah. Um, man, if you like Qui-Gon, you really should be reading Master and Apprentice. <sighs> I know, and I really the should.
1: Yeah. There's
0: so much to learn about Qui-Gon and his background, and it really does the character so much justice um to have that background on his his um his time as a padawan and his time as a master because you learn so much about his opinion of how to train and how he feels about prophecy and how he feels about the actual you know the current state of the jedi and his own way and what you know how he chooses to live in the moment and his views on the living force as compo- as opposed to what this quasi political police state thing that's going on with the Jedi and the Senate yeah. at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really interesting, um, to see how he stands alone in a lot of ways and unafraid because he, all he needs is the force. And, um, you yeah, know, it really makes a point to show you yeah, at, at this moment, Qui-Gon really is, he is the, the true Jedi or the, the one, the one that you know the Jedi that people should aspire to be and yeah. you know Yoda becomes that but yeah. he's he's not that at the time of, well, of Qui-Gon
1: he studies under Qui-Gon he becomes the ultimate sign of respect yeah. he becomes the apprentice exactly. of, of Qui-Gon
0: yeah and you know anytime someone has to you know um, crap on the prequels I just have to we're still to, we can still have these discussions about the film and the philosophy 20 years later and it's still fresh, and the I've never known three movies that can provide so much depth of discussion, like the prequel trilogy.
1: yeah, no, that's true, yeah, yeah, no it's interesting i There's this character study that I, I pulled up um, that I, I wanted to reference um from one true story blog and he kind of talks about a little bit about what we're talking about. And it's sort of the contrast of the other Jedi Yoda, Obi-Wan, Mace Windu, um, because they weren't wrong when they legitimately sensed Anakin's future, like him being the chosen one and how powerful he was. Um, but they didn't sense what Qui-Gon did. And that was, and that thing that Qui-Gon was sensing was the will of the force. Anakin was the chosen one and he did bring balance. Um, but the Jedi order was the one that turned away from the will of the living force. And it's that's true. sort of like his Qui-Gon's attunement with the living force is what ultimately brought his own demise. Like that's, that was sort of the will of the force. But he's the only Jedi that we hear talking about the force in those in those terms.
0: Uh, can I say something that I've been meaning to either write about or talk about? Yeah, um, yeah. So the whole problem was that Qui-Gon brought them a messiah And they did not treat him as such. They trained him like he was a pariah. They trained him like he was too old and not good enough to be a part of them. And they were afraid of his, of his capability and his power. They didn't want to accept that. Yeah, you have your chosen one here. This is it. And they just refused to, to pay that attention. And that's look what happened. You know, if Qui-Gon had lived a lot of things probably could have been a lot different. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's really interesting as to just how they denied... Yeah. You know, a, a, essentially a god in front of their face, a person who was literally born from the midichlorians. Like, that's wild. It's wild. Yeah. And it's all too human as well.
1: It is, it is all too human, and it kind of gets to that idea that um, it almost... It, it kind of... What the the council did and their failure kind of was ultimately in its own way, the will of the force In the sort of most fatalistic part of the star Wars lore. um, Anakin's fall into Vader was a sort of necessary event that gave way to the birth of the new hope. And then the redemption arc and, and the redemption arc doesn't happen and galactic freedom and the defeat of the Sith doesn't happen. Without uh, all of those events unfolding, which, you know, take start with, you know,
0: Qui-Gon's tuning into the living force. But what does this mean? You know, that's all fine and well, but what does it mean that Palpatine might be still around? <laughs> I mean, how, does, how is all of this going to be reframed if... It, you know, in light of the larger trilogy being wrapped up because I think it by attack of the clones, we didn't have all this figured out either. Um, and yeah. I am just really dying to know what the rise of Skywalker is going to do to the larger yeah. idea of the balance of the force. And it's very interesting.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I've kind of, I have to, I've kind of compartmentalized new star Wars away from, that's
0: the older star wars I, oh I, I, can't I, oh oh you can't it's all part of it well, imagine if we compartmentalize like, the prequels to, from, the, from the from the original trilogy
1: i guess but this is honestly man where i struggle because there there was a single vision that came about when the, with the prequels and original trilogy and it really does kind of build to that arc it builds to that redemption arc where the galaxy is saved by the love of a son for his father and his redeeming what was once evil and defeating the bad guys and 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 you know drumming on a bunch of stormtrooper helmets and that doesn't fit with Palpatine returning. That's just honestly like my gut. Maybe the I haven't seen it yet. I want to prejudge how it's they pull a it off. Story at the moment. What's up? Yeah, It's it, an it,
0: incomplete story at the moment, so it's so hard guess, to tell at this point. And, and
1: so I guess that sort of like compartmentalizing is I still sort of think of the first, uh, of the first six Star Wars films in their own sort of complete story because they were a complete story. And so we're getting these kind of new chapters added in. And, and it's not like completely compartmentalized, but I, until the quote-unquote Skywalker saga continues, it's hard for me in, in the Riley Star Wars fan brain... To tie everything together yet,
0: if that makes yeah, sense, yeah, it, it it is hard. It's impossible to tie it all together at the at the moment. Um, yeah, it's impossible because it's not done. Uh, but we have to remember that George is the one who kicked off the 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 sequel trilogy. He wanted this was in motion before he sold the company, and he that is true consulting on the rise of skywalker and that does actually make me feel a lot better not because i'm just like
1: it's not star wars unless george lucas personally wrote it in blood uh but i it i can't that that's not the case but i i wouldn't be being honest with you right now if i didn't say that wasn't encouraging
0: you need the nintendo seal of approval you need that stamp that that he's okaying the story and and it fits in with his larger vision i, I like that it feels good makes me sleep well at night yeah
1: well yeah hmm. we'll see we'll see well uh you know what let's wrap up our uh segment take it a listen will right be here a hard
2: life one without reward without remorse without regret a path will be placed before you the choice is yours alone do what you think you cannot do it will be a hard but you will find out who you are.
1: One Destiny, episode one. I love those tone poems so much. They're so good. Wow. Uh, hey, I've, this episode... for those decades. I know, I know. I love those. I remember when I discovered them on the DVD. That's how I first came across them um, way back in the day. But hey, this episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the fine folks supporting us over at patreon.com slash Report. Patreon is a monthly service where you can pledge a monthly donation and uh, jump in on some of the awesome bonus content that we provide. Uh, And, hey, at every single level, we give you access to our exclusive Patreon chat as well as every episode. That's right. Any Patreon level, every episode of the Star Wars Report, we give you a direct link to our server right there where we have all 381 episodes. I know it's a lot. Uh, So check them out. Um, iTunes only lets us, uh, based on our current RSS feed, is 150. So there's a big old archive you can go relive. Um, I remember like um, the... the Phantom Menace when it came out on uh, the the 3D re-release. Remember that? Oh, yeah.
0: oh. Uh, yes, I did. I took my daughter to see that. That was a great time. Yeah,
1: so uh, all the way 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 back, way back uh, to when we started the show, uh, you can check it out. Uh, it's over at Patreon.com/slash Star Wars Report, and we do appreciate each and every one of you that's supporting the show every week and making it happen. And uh, big shout out to you guys. Uh, We can't thank you enough for your support. This is the Star Wars Report Podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. Well, thanks for listening this week, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. We do appreciate... uh, you tuning in each and every week. Hey, shout out! You know, I didn't get a chance really to talk about it in the show. Should talk about it in Boba's Bounty, but in my mailbox today, I'm not gonna believe this, Joey. I got a personally uh, monogrammed—I guess for lack of a better term—Galactic uh, Atlas from Disney Lucasfilm. They—they um, uh, they sent it. I, I'm just—I'm opening it right now. It looks absolutely beautiful it's gorgeous and I just wanted to say thanks so much for sending it guys I'll um, I'll be posting some pictures on our social media so if you want some pictures of it uh, check it out uh, at Star Wars Report on Twitter and Instagram and you can see it right there and uh, yeah it's uh, Star Wars Galactic Atlas and we'll have a link to it also in the show notes it's from Signature Books and gorgeous uh, it's absolutely beautiful so we'll link it in the show notes and of course check out our uh, social feeds to t- uh, actually get a look at it Uh, Joey, tell everybody where they can find you and what you're up to over at RetroZap.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, that's the place. RetroZap.com. You know where to find me. And uh, you know I'm maintaining the RetroZap podcast network, and we have a bunch of shows over there and articles publishing daily. And I run three podcasts. Brews and Blasters is my fun Star Wars podcast with Chris Salton from the Collector's Hut. I do uh, the Dunecast, which is all about Dune. If you're interested in the books of the movies we're talking about them over on the dune cast and uh game of thrones is wrapping up and i've had a podcast on that for about five years now called we know nothing little inside joke if you know the books or the movies nice the show.
1: i love it <laughs> i love it man uh, yeah check it out i will have uh links to that retrozap.com. it's super easy and we do appreciate you coming on filling in this week joey uh as oh, always a longtime friend of the show and joey it's always a pleasure to, to have you on and catch up a little
0: bit Yes, sir.
1: Hey, uh, also email us starwarsreport at gmail.com starwarsreport at gmail.com and we can uh, read your emails right here on the air. And subscribe, subscribe. If you're not subscribed to the show, if you're just hearing us, uh, make sure that uh, you subscribe to the Star Wars Report podcast in your podcatcher of choice. Uh, Especially if you're in the um, the Apple Podcasts app for all of you iOS users. Uh, Subscribe and leave us a rating and review there. It really does help. It's super easy to do right there in the app. And we do... Very, very much appreciate it. Uh, And if you just want a direct link, it's starwarsreport.com slash iTunes. You can see us right there. Super, super, super easy. Until next time, we'll be seeing you guys. May the force be with you. And remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. Can't even tell the difference, can you?
0: I forgot about the segment of the show. <laughs> the trumpets.
1: Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> good times, man. I appreciate it.
0: This was great. Yeah, I had a I had a good time, definitely.
1: No, no, I, been a while, been too long. I know, I know. Hey, maybe the next one, since we both missed it, well, maybe we can both go to the next celebration. <laughs> I plan <laughs> yeah, on I know.
0: it. Yeah, that, that, that would probably be good. I'm I'm hoping for it. Um. Yeah, Chris and I have been talking. I think that would probably be... It'll be fun. it would be really yeah. fun, dude, to be able to get out there. So I think that's that's tentatively uh, the plan to get out there. Nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah,
1: same, same. Planning on it unless I'm deployed or something, uh, which isn't yeah, too exactly. likely. Uh, it's possible depending on the time frame that they do it. Um, but I won't know till I get to my new unit and get settled in. Uh, I'm thinking
0: next fall, to be honest with you. You think so? I do.
1: Hmm. Um, like August the- or like later?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking like probably August or September. Yeah, because I mean, they they need to give people time. They need to give at least a year. And we're going into the into the summer months and they haven't said a thing yet. Um, yeah, that's true. It's kind of weird.
1: Well, they'll have to. They'll certainly announce it once it's within a year, though. I'm sure. Yeah. They got to they gotta have something coming in the next few months.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, they can't do anything. They, they can't. You know, they can't give time.